It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So hi everyone, this is Reverend Kelly from San Francisco. It is actually a beautiful, beautiful day and we are, hmm, we're just starting to go through a little weather change. I don't know about the rest of you, it has been very, very warm and we, although I will laugh, I'll say it's been very warm for San Francisco, meaning we're up to, we were up to a whopping 80 degrees, um, but the foghorns have been going off today, so it means the fog is rolling in through the Golden Gate, and <coughs> the, um, uh, what was I going to say, the fog is just starting to roll in, so we are looking forward to seeing what happens. And we are looking forward to having the weather cool off. Um, yeah, as well as I think, for me, the weather has been a teacher <laughs> since I've been here. You know, I think so often we learn to tolerate um, situations. And we think they're intolerable to start, and then we realize later they're not as so intolerable. And... For me, when I first moved to San Francisco, I thought, oh, it's so freezing cold. It's so freezing cold. And now it's like the days there's not fog. I'm, I'm missing it. And, um, so, yeah, W.C. Field said the coldest winter area he ever felt was a summer in San Francisco. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because my parents are outside Vegas, and my mom messaged me earlier, and they are almost twice our temperature. We're in the mid-60s. And she's, I think last I heard, she's about 112, 113. So it is definitely summer in parts of um, parts of the country. So good, good night, Pia. Um, I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's good seeing you. I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet. I look forward to getting time spend uh, time together on here on Pal Talk. So I actually last week started talking about forgiveness, and then this last Sunday I had the um, pleasure of getting to speak at the Community Miracle Center <coughs> for the Sunday gathering. Um, I actually ended up talking about forgiveness, and it kind of ended up interesting. went back, and I had actually reviewed a webinar that I had um, participated in with Mark Anthony Lord, who is in Chicago. He founded the Bodhi Center out in Chicago. And um, in it, it was interesting because I had done the webinar several months ago with him, and, you know, I reviewed it before I spoke on after. I had done Gather last week, and I got kind of a different perspective on forgiveness. Um than what I had previously. And so I want to kind of share that with you. I, I, I can't say I had the perspective before, but it deepened for me when I reviewed that webinar. And I found it really to be very powerful in supporting me in releasing some judgments, 
um, especially towards myself, and really moving into a place of being able just to love and forgive those in my life who I've found challenging. So that's kind of what I want to talk about primarily today. Um, and we'll be focusing on the same section of the course, the what is forgiveness section, as, um, as, as kind of the basis of our teaching today. And so I'll be talking about what I learned through it, says in relationship to it, and just some examples um, that I share of, you know, different ways that I have found to apply this to my life. And so we'll be talking about all of that. So I do want to start off with an opening grounding meditation and be able to just really get centered in and get focused on just being present and being um, in this moment together, joining with all of you, my brothers and sisters here on um, or wherever and whenever you might be listening to this. You might be listening to it later on iTunes. Um, because I do have this on iTunes, as well as, um, yeah, there's recordings on CMC website and some other places. So, for me, it's right in the middle of my day. It's kind of right in the middle of my business hours. And so it just helps to get kind of a settled-in moment and take a few minutes. So I'm actually for the meditation. I must start off with it's called Flute of the Chakra. Um, and it's from a shamanic journeying recording I have. I just like to have some music in the background. Um, there's been some studies that it, ha it actually, for, for most people, not always, but for a lot of people it helps to have some sort of rhythmic noise in the background um, when you're doing meditation that it's, it's interesting. It helps, even though it's like it's a noise in the background, you know, the science behind it is that you know, it's almost like you've become acclimated to that sound. And in becoming acclimated to, you know, a rhythmic sound, it actually helps you to become more focused on your inward thoughts and you're less distracted by the outside, even though the music is coming from seemingly outside of you. So we'll start off with that. I just invite you to put your hand on your heart if you feel comfortable and take a nice deep breath. And just take a couple of deep breaths in and out. Allow yourself to just settle in, get focused. If you notice any sense of tension, or tightness in your body, you know, you can just focus on sending your breath there. So many times our emotions, our thoughts get tangled up. It's, you know, manifest in what seems to be a physical tightness or a physical illness. And so we're just allowing just the breathing, focus on the breath. Focus on the relaxation to just allow you to become more settled, to become more peaceful in your mind, to become more peaceful in your heart, to become more peaceful in your spirit. 
And I should invite you to look within your heart space. And it might be that you see a light just circling within your heart. And that light just represents the spirit of God that is within you. The spirit of God that is one with you. And that energy is just, it's actually there. We're not necessarily aware or, you know, focused and conscious of the spirit of God within us. But we're just able to, at this moment, look at that and allow that space, allow that light within our heart to really just demonstrate for us the energy that's there. And just allow that light to expand outward till it fills the entirety of your being, till it fills the space around what you would call the body. Maybe you can even visualize in your mind's eye that light extending beyond. Maybe there's others in your home. Maybe you see that light extending to others on gather so that we are all joined together. That we are all able to just visualize in our mind's eye the energy of God, the energy of love that is. Part of the lesson yesterday just said we speak and we say God is. God is all there is. God is the grace. God is the love. And so as we visualize this light merging with our sisters and brothers, our siblings and God, we see that light just continuing to extend and continuing to expand above and beyond the limits of this room, the limits of your being. Until so you just are visualizing everything that you can think of and beyond being just totally saturated with this white light. Seeing there is no separation between your sisters, your brothers. There is no separation between those we love and those who we might feel challenged by. represent the peace of God of course as by grace we by grace we live by grace we are set free and we're able to allow that grace just to penetrate through everything all situations all circumstances we may find ourselves in and we are able to be grateful. We are able to be able to trust in knowing that all things are truly working out for our good. That we are able to live in the peace and joy that is of God.
And so we send that blessing to all beings. We send that blessing outward, knowing that we are one with all. And we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Well, I end up also playing Inner Flame from Shajan, um, which is a deep healing elements recording. Here, I listened to the first couple of seconds. I didn't realize that the flute of the chakra is only two minutes. <laughs> the meditation was a little longer than two, so that's why we switched music there. But it is good to be with you. So last week, we talked some about forgiveness. We talked about um, the sections that, you know, the what is forgiveness. Talked about, you know, the, the recognizing the holiness of all children, recognizing the holiness of all beings, um, and just really holding a space of seeing the purity, seeing the blessings of all people. But then I had, like I said, I watched this webinar with Mark Anthony Lord um, from, I think he did it about a year ago. At the time, it was an extremely healing webinar for me. I participated in the webinar, and then he did four weeks on forgiveness after that as a separate class. And at the time, I was really struggling with a friendship. Um, it was a friendship that I had found, you know, somebody who I cared about very deeply um, seemingly had said and done some things that, Honestly, I was pretty upset about. Um, I was trying not to be in judgment, but I found myself kept going back to the story of this person shouldn't have done these things, that these things were painful, that these things were wrong. And so I was pretty much struggling with it, and so I'd done the webinar. Very healing at the time. And then a few, like I said, I decided to go back to it and listen to one of them. And he brings up something that was really, really interesting um, that I had not seen before. And so I'm going to give you kind of actually a couple sections here, and then we'll specifically focus on um, parts of it. And this is the What is Forgiveness section. This is going to be paragraphs one, four, and the first half of five. And so we'll kind of read through it and talk about it, and then we'll go from there. So it says, forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. And in this view, all your sins are forgiven. What is sin except a false idea about God's son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity and therefore lets it go. What then is free to take its place is now the will of God. Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin. And in this view are all your sins forgiven. What is sin except a false idea about God's son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity and therefore lets it go. What then is free to take its place is now the will of God. And so like I said, I had, ah, as I say, I just realized I reread the same paragraph twice there. I was like, that didn't sound right to me. <laughs> Oopsie. Okay, here's four and five. I missed the, I missed four and five. Ah. 
That's funny. Um, it's so. Apparently, one must have been really important because Spirit had me repeat it twice. <laughs> Paragraph four, going into five, says forgiveness. On the other hand, is still and quietly nothing. It offends no aspect of reality, nor seeks to twist it to appearance that it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would himself must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him, who is your guide, your savior, and defender, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. So I mentioned yesterday, um, it was actually how I titled my talk yesterday at the Community, Community Miracle Center Sunday Gathering. Forgiveness is like a big deal. Forgiveness obviously is talked about the course a lot, in the course a lot. A lot of, I had one person said, you know, they refer to the course as a course in forgiveness. And so say it's a course in miracles. They say it's a course in forgiveness. And a lot of times, if somebody says to me, what's a course in miracles about? I've not heard about a course in miracles. You know, it's, I mean, it's 600. It's hard to, you know, necessarily dissect into two or three sentences for people. But to give them a quick overview, generally I have said, the Course in Miracles, you know, I'm, I'm not going into the real depths of the mystical items. I'm just as large as the Course in Miracles is a lot about taking responsibility for your own experience, seeing yourself that you're not a victim, but taking responsibility that the things you experience are there for a reason, that you've called them into your life. And it is also about extending love To your brother and loving yourself and seeing yourself as one with them. And for me, that kind of like, you know, if you're going to do a 30-second summary of the course, that kind of gives to me what the biggest primary concepts are. There's other stuff in the course. But to me, that kind of boils down the heart of it into just a quick little 30-second, you know, plug for the course. But the word forgiveness, if you were to just go on Google and type in the word forgiveness and hit enter, it comes back with over 83 million hits on the Internet. Over 83 million hits. Now, comparatively, A Course in Miracles comes back with about 500,000. Comes back with about 500,000 which I think considering it's really only become prominent the last few years, is pretty significant um, when you're talking about, you know, our experiences as a global world, um, if we're quantifying things that way. But forgiveness comes back with 83 million. And I think to some extent, every religion, every spiritual teaching that I've ever encountered, to some degree, focuses on forgiveness. To some extent, at some level, it's part of the teaching. Whether it's forgiving yourself or forgiving others, it's pretty much there anytime people are considering the spiritual realm. But I got a new perspective on this week when I went back to the webinar. I think, you know, in the sense of the world's definition of forgiveness, 
you know, if you were to Google, death, you know, forgiveness, it's generally perceived as I am, I am letting something go which I deem you to have done wrong. You did something I don't like. You did something that's not appropriate in my mind. You did something that I think broke a rule. And I'm going to let you skate. I'm going to let you slide because I'm such a nice person. You know, we all know you, you screwed up. But I'm not going to hold it in your face. You know, and I think that's what so many of us grew up with the idea of forgiveness. Even, you know, a lot of the traditional Christianity, when it talks about God forgives us or we are forgiven, it's that we were, you know, sinners, born by birth sinners, and God has allowed, you know, the blood of Jesus or whatever you want to say. Um, some people say blood of Jesus, generally conservative Christianity. Others will say, you know, by works, by our, you know, our good deeds. That God goes, well, yeah, you were born a sinner, but I'll overlook that and still let you into heaven. You know, and I think that's the traditional view of forgiveness that most of us have, you know, understood. The Course obviously talks about forgiveness very differently. And when I've talked, when I've talked to other Course teachers about forgiveness, um, or I've heard other Course teachers talk about forgiveness, you know, they come a lot to this section where it says, you know, it recognizes that what your brother did to you has not occurred. And so they say, you know, forgiveness becomes that idea of, you know, according to a lot of course teachers, forgiveness is the idea of I am changing my perception. I'm having a shift of perception in what I am saying and doing. And that shift of perception is going to say, my brother is holy, my brother is innocent, and I'm going to think that way. I'm going to change my thinking towards my brother. And I think a lot of times, you know, that's how a lot of the Course can be understood. That's how a lot of the Course can be interpreted. It's something that forgiveness is something I do in changing my thoughts. But let's be really honest, guys. How many times do you say, I want to forgive that person? And weeks later, maybe even years later, you're still thinking, I need to forgive that person. I'm still angry. I'm still hurt. I'm still upset that this person, da 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 da. Or I'm you know, not even necessarily, sometimes we haven't forgiven God. Sometimes we're, we're, we're mad at circumstances in our life. We're upset that so and so, you know, that. Yeah, even just, you know, I just suddenly popped in my mind, Katrina, the, you know, the Katrina hurricanes. There's people who are still very upset about the, the apparent losses they endured as part of Katrina. And so we, let's be really honest, let's acknowledge that we will say a lot of times, there's forgiveness, I'm forgiving someone, and yet deep within our thinking, Sometimes even on a subconscious level. We have really not gone to where the Course, what we interpret the Course as saying, being that didn't happen, that wasn't bad. Because there's that little part of us that holds on to the judgment. There's that little part of us that wants to hold on to the control. We're afraid so often that if we, you know, apply the thought of that didn't happen to forgiveness, that we're going to get hurt again. 
with this particular friend, I'll say it's been hard for me. It's been interesting for me to be really open with my heart and to be open and connect with my sisters and brothers around me over the last couple of years because there was that part of me that said, I don't want to hurt again. I don't want to hurt again. And in saying I don't want to hurt again, I'm ultimately saying I'm in judgment still. And so I came to this new, I won't say new, but a deepening perspective about forgiveness this last week because I'm still struggling a little bit with that sense of I want to forgive, but I'm not able to right now. Or I don't want to right now sometimes. And then what happens as spiritual students, as you know, we call ourselves spiritual students, what do we do? We get upset that we haven't forgiven. And then we go into anger and upset at ourselves, saying, I should be able to forgive. Why am I so screwed up? Why is my ego getting involved in this? Da 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 da. And so it's like our our challenges in seemingly forgiving our brothers becomes the catalyst for us now to not forgive ourselves. And so how do we get out of that? And partially what I'm going to offer to you today is the idea that forgiveness is not a verb. Forgiveness is not a verb that you do. Forgiveness is not a verb that you exercise. Forgiveness is not a verb that you control. What I'm offering to you is the thought today, and it's, it's you know, I'll say, it's a little challenging for me because I've not heard this before in this way. But it feels right to me, and it feels consistent with what I'm reading here, and I'll share why in a moment. The thought is that forgiveness is not a verb that we do. Forgiveness is a noun that does something to us. Listen to that again. Forgiveness is not something that we do. Forgiveness is something that is done to us. Going to the reading, this little two sections I put up here, for, you know, paragraphs one, four, and the first part of five from the what is forgiveness section. It starts off and it says, forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. Forgiveness recognizes. Now, it's an interesting phrase in there because realize what it does not say is when you forgive, you recognize that what you thought your brother to you has not occurred. No, no, no. That's not what it says there. It says forgiveness recognizes what you thought you did to your brother has not occurred. Forgiveness is acting here as a third party. Forgiveness is looking at you and your brother. I do and your brother and observing and recognizing you and your brother. 
And then it continues on in this section four, you know, paragraphs four and five. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offers no aspect of reality. It merely looks and waits and judges not. Do nothing then and let forgiveness show you what to do. All of those are third party phrases. These aren't verbs. These are nouns. Forgiveness looks and waits. Forgiveness looks and waits. Listen to that. It doesn't say you look and wait when you are forgiving. It says forgiveness looks and waits. Why is that important? Because it lets go of the guilt that you may be experiencing if forgiveness has not fully felt, been felt by you. Do you hear that? If you're not fully feeling forgiving, it helps release that. Because it's saying forgiveness is outside of you. It's not your job to be the forgiver. It's your job to follow the forgiveness. And I think that's the critical part. It says, do nothing then and let forgiveness show you what to do through him. And it's interesting because it's not saying do nothing. No, no, no. It's not saying do nothing and sit on your butt and that's the end of it. You know, and I said, I think that's one of the fears we have. When we look at forgiveness, a lot of times we think if I forgive, this situation is going to reoccur. This situation is going to happen again. This, it's going to make me vulnerable. So I'm not going to forgive. I don't want to forget. Because the courses do nothing. But it doesn't say do nothing at all. It says do nothing and let forgiveness show you what to do. It's not that there's no doing. But the doing is guided by forgiveness. The doing is guided through, it says, him who is your guide, your savior and defender. Whether you call that Holy Spirit here, whether you call that God, whether you want to call that the infinite eternal isness, I've heard people call it that, the great isness, the is that is. Um, yeah, I said yesterday's lesson said God is. Um, and so it's saying, let forgiveness show you through whatever you, you know, however you personify that in your understanding, through God, through spirit. And then I would offer to you, it says, you know, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. You stop and you follow what is guided to you to do. And I'll say, that's going to look very different to different people. I've shared, you know, right now I actually have no way of contacting my sister. She has cut off contact with me. Um, simply, honestly, the only reason I know of is that she owes me a couple hundred dollars. 
So she's cut off contact with me since that time and has, you know, changed. Actually, I won't say she changed. She changed her phone number, but she changed her phone number um, not to avoid me, but because um, she had to change carriers and she lost that phone number. But she's changed phone numbers. She's changed where she's lived a couple of times. And she's not provided that information to me. So at this point, I don't have contact with my sister. And I really had to sit with this and say, you know, how do I feel about this? This is a lifelong experience with my sister. Of we get a little bit closer, but then something happens, and there's a, a significant disjoint between us, um, significant distance between us. She lives a lifestyle that many would judge unhealthy. Uh, many would jo- judge as not good. Um, some might even say unlawful in some ways. And, you know, I hear these things through the grapevine, usually through, through my mom, who is still in contact with her. And I've had a sit because there was, for me, a sense for many years, first of all, of betrayal, and secondly, of just really being hurt. The thought of, you know, I want a relationship with my sister. You know, my, my parents are older, a, a bit older. If my parents make their transition, I want to have family. And there's that part of me that's, you know, longed for that. And there's the part of me that has, hmm, there's that part of me who's felt very betrayed. How could my sister act this way? How could my sister say and do these things that are so mean and so hurtful? And to look into that space has been challenging. And so I spent a lot of time with meditation around it and spent a lot of time in prayer. I have had to do, which was taught to me by Mark Anthony Lord in this webinar. He said, I, he says, he, when, when anger comes up, when hurt comes up, when he knows there is forgiveness still to be done, he offers the prayer and that forgiveness set me and sets the other person free. So I would say, I ask the forgiveness set me and set my sister free. Maybe it's an, you know, an ex-husband. I've done the work around that. I ask that forgiveness set me and my ex-husband free. Ask that forgiveness set me and the Los Angeles earthquake free. <laughs> um, I was pretty upset about the Los Angeles earthquake. I went through that, and I guess it was the mid-90s approximately, having gone through the uh, Loma Prieta San Francisco earthquake a few years prior. And in saying that, I am choosing, number one, I'm acknowledging that the forgiveness is not something I'm having to conjure up. It's not something I mean to create. It's not something that if it's not perfect, it's, not, it's my fault because I didn't create it right. It's not one of my creations. What it is, though, is I'm saying I am willing to allow forgiveness to work on me. I am willing to allow forgiveness to change my perception. I am willing to allow forgiveness to show me the way. And that way, like I was going to say, is going to look different for each of us. At this point, 
you know, I, I'm in my mid-40s almost. I have 40-plus years of a on-again, off-again relationship with my sister. And at this point, I've prayed about it a lot. I've meditated about it. And the guidance I've received is I love her. I know that she is a holy, innocent child of God. I believe that whatever lessons she needs to learn, she is learning. I believe that all things are working out for her good and supporting her in her awakening. And I also recognize those things for myself. I recognize that I am a beloved child of God. I look at, you know, that I am working in, you know, I'm doing a lot of work in ministry it, it, through, through Community Miracle Center, ASAM Gather, um, my own website, this and that. And that's where I've been guided. And I've said, what do I do if my sister calls? What do I do if my sister calls? And the guidance I have received for now is that I do not re-engage with her. That I do not re-engage. That part of my learning right now, part of my healing right now, part of my awakening right now, is to not sacrifice myself and become a martyr for others. And the guidance I have received is that I am not to really engage in a relationship with my sister, even if she comes back. And it's not to say that I am angry about her. It's not to say that I'm resentful towards her. It's not to say that I'm holding the past against her. At this moment, the guidance I have received is that this is someone who is not, who I'm not to engage with. And there's no judgment, there's no anger, there's no hurt. It's just that at this moment, that's the guidance I've received. Now, it could be in a year, maybe I will hear from her. And it may be that the guidance I receive then is to go ahead and engage with her. And if I do, I do with the same spirit that I'm holding now. I see her as innocent, I see her as love, and I also see myself as a child of God. And I'm willing to follow and guide, be, be guided by spirit to do that which I believe I am led to do. By my guide, by my savior, by my defender. And there's neither anger or hurt or judgment in any direction. It's where am I guided to do? What feels loving to me? Mention of love to others, supporting all of us in our awakening. Sometimes people will say, well, I'm not going to look at the past. And so, you know, basically, ultimately, how that translates is, is that idea of the worldly definition of forgiveness. I'm going to ignore it's just going to get off. And the Course talks about a lot about cause and effect. And I'll say, for me, it's, it's still back to allow forgiveness to guide you. It may be that for that person's awakening, for that person to have the best outcome that they can have, it may be that the best thing for them to do is to experience 
a certain circumstance that came about because of their choices, because of their decisions. I know some course students don't want to, you know, say, oh, I'm not going to participate on a jury. And it was interesting, on the Circle of Atonement website, there's an article about that. And it was discussed, I think it was Robert Perry, I think, was discussing it, but it was someone on the Circle of Atonement page, was discussing that they had participated in a jury trial, a criminal trial. And they approached it with the idea of, I'm going to see this person as holy and innocent, and I am also going to allow the natural flow of cause and effect of events and outcomes to play out. And it ended up they had some charges they voted guilty on and some charges they voted not guilty on. Even though it was that language, it wasn't the idea that the person is or is not guilty. In the spiritual realm, it was a legal term. It's a legal term, meaning the person, you know, didn't conform with the agreements we've set forth. And so we breathe into that. It may be that you're guided not to do that. But the thing is, is that you're not doing it alone. You're not trying to generate this forgiveness. You're not getting angry at yourself that you're not forgiving enough. What you are simply doing is saying, I will be willing, I will be open for forgiveness to heal for forgiveness to heal my perception. Because often I'll say, when it says, you know, forgiveness recognizes that what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred, that doesn't, I don't believe that that is saying, we just go, oh, it's illusion and it didn't happen. It is an illusion. It didn't happen. But it doesn't mean that we negate the experience that we seem to have had. What I believe Given the rest of the course, my understanding is that what we're saying did not occur is our story. What we're saying did not occur is our story. I was sharing, I recently just started driving for Uber. I'm, I'm doing it a couple nights a week to try to pay on some credit card bills I have. And I actually got to get a filling on a tooth. So it's going to pay for the filling on the tooth. But, <laughs> so I'm driving, driving for Uber. And, you know, obviously, from I like to talk. I like to chat. I like to get to meet people. Um, I didn't expect that driving through Uber has become like a little counseling service for me. That while I'm driving people around, they end up asking me to counsel them um, when I share with them what my, you know, paid occupation is. And... A couple of days ago, I had a, a passenger who I picked up from the San Francisco airport. And after I picked him up, I clicked, okay, you know, start side. And it says, you're going to Walnut Creek, which is quite a distance. Um, not only quite a distance from the airport, but quite a distance from my home. So I knew that once I dropped off this person, um, not only was it going to be quite a bit of a drive home, I had to go across the bridge which meant if I didn't get another passenger, I was going to have to pay the toll. If I had to pay the toll, that means I made less money, you know. And, and so it was, yeah, I'll be honest. I was a little annoyed that we were going to Walnut Creek. But I was like, okay, well, hey, it's a long drive. You know, I'll see how his day's been. I'll connect with this person, you know. And he gets in and basically, flat top, 
starts typing on his laptop and ignored me the entire rest of the ride. And I'll be honest, my story was jerk got into car, jerk wouldn't talk to me, jerk had an attitude, jerk ignored me, you know, and I just was like, I had this guy pegged as such a big jerk. I mean, I was all over it. And what didn't happen is that story. Here's what did happen. I experienced man getting in car. I experienced man working on laptop. I experienced man not talking. Beyond that, any thoughts of him being a jerk, any thoughts that he was deliberately ignoring me, any thoughts that he was rude, any thoughts that he shouldn't have taken Uber if he was going that far away, any thoughts that this was an inconvenience to me, any thoughts that I should not pay the toll going back across the bridge, all of those thoughts were my story. And that is what did not occur. That is what did not occur. I have no evidence that any of those things were, were, were what my experience was. All of that was my experience just in my head, in my thinking. And so forgiveness recognizes that. Forgiveness says, you know what? There was no sin. This guy wasn't being a jerk. This guy, you know, there was no reason for you to be upset that you had to drive a long way. You were just being of service to a person who need a, or who had requested a ride home. And then I could let it go. And then I could let forgiveness come in and do its work to set me and to set this gentleman free. To set me and set that gentleman free. And all of those thoughts I had, you know, I didn't say anything to the gentleman. But I said them to myself, and guess who was suffering because of those thoughts? I was the one suffering. And guess what? As I had those thoughts, it's very hard to think loving when you're in judgment. And so I paused later. I will admit, it took me a little time to get back to my centered space. I came back and I said, I asked that forgiveness set me and set him free. And I opened myself to that willingness to accept forgiveness, to allow it to be done unto me. And I may not understand how forgiveness works. I may not understand how spirit works. But I say I am open. I am willing. I have opened my mind, my heart, and my hands to accept the work that forgiveness is going to do and set me free. On a side note, which is actually, well, not side note, but Gerald Jampowski also, who wrote Teach Only Love, does a whole chapter on forgiveness. I actually meant to mention this earlier. I just saw it in my notes. He says forgiveness is relinquishing an unhelpful train of thought. Forgiveness is the gentle refusal to defend ourselves against love. So he is playing forgiveness a little more on us at that point. But then he says, it's a willingness to perceive everyone, including ourselves, as either expressing love or fe feeling a need for love. 
And I think that's really where we've got to come back to you. We've just got to say, I'm going to be willing to see others differently. And I'll say sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't do that on our own. But I'm thinking, you know, there's people who want to say, I'm willing to see clearly when I'm reading a book. But when they look at that book, it just looks all blurry because their vision is not clear. And so how does willingness play into that? They reach over and they take a pair of what we call eyeglasses and put them on. And then they're able to see clearly. And forgiveness is just like that. Forgiveness is I'm not seeing my brother clearly. I'm not moving into a place of seeing holiness. I'm stuck in my story. I've put meaning to this that is not there. And so I am opening myself to take on the glasses of forgiveness. In and of myself, I am not seeing clearly. But I'm going to let forgiveness do its job. And I put on these eyeglasses of forgiveness so that I can see with clarity. That I can see the things I should see, hear the things I should hear, and do the things that I am led to do. And whatever that is, is may look different to different people. I talked about last month the idea of the body. And it talks about, in the course it talks about with the body, the medicine. It says take the compromise approach. You know, yeah, medicine's a magic little pill that you're giving it the meaning it has for you. But the course says, you know, rather than going to fear, go ahead and take that little pill. Rather than going to fear, take the little pill so that you can move forward in love. And I would say that illness of the body is just a part of it. But there's also the illness of the mind. And sometimes we need to take that compromise approach to the mind. And I think spirit's going to guide us there. And what I mean by that is that there are times we are not in a space to act in a certain way. We're not in a place where we can say or do certain things without going into fear. And so if it's going to generate fear, spirit may say, avoid this situation. You don't have to be a martyr. You don't have to go into fear. Now, the Course with Love, you know, is guiding us to full healing, guiding us to full awakening. It's guiding us to get those clouds cleared out. But while they're still there, you may be guided to take a compromise approach until you are in a position not to. And so be gentle with yourself and say, forgiveness, leave me. Forgiveness, what should I do? Teach me to be forgiving to others. Teach me to forgive myself. Holy Spirit, guide me. Show me your way. Show me what I am to do in this moment. Help me to look without judgment. Help me to look with forgiveness. And what should I do today? And allow yourself to sit in the peace of knowing 
You know, a lot of the 12-step programs will say, it's not about perfection, it's progress. You're looking for the progress, not perfection. I think ultimately we are all perfect and we are all going to awaken at some point. When we are all ready, we will awaken together to our, that we never left heaven. But in the meantime, be willing to do the progress. You know, you can't go straight from Mississippi to Chicago if you're sitting in Los Angeles. Think of that one. You can't go from San Francisco to Chicago if you're in Los Angeles. Why? Because you got to get to San Francisco first. <laughs> and sometimes there's just that little acknowledgement of where I am at the moment. My heart's desire is to move forward. My heart's desire is to awaken. And in that desire, in that striving, I take the next step forward where I am at. So I want to go ahead and just finish out with just a little closing meditation here. And then we will be calling it a day. <laughs> we'll get a little longer meditation this time. So I just invite you to uncross your arms and legs if you're comfortable and able to. Maybe close your eyes if you're in a place that's safe and you feel safe to do so. And just allow, allow your heart to open as you breathe in and you breathe out. Allow yourself to open knowing that you are not limited by this body. You are not limited by your thoughts. Allow your mind and spirit to just sit in gentleness, knowing that you are a child of God, that you are, you reside in heaven, and it is but the time to awaken. The Course says the solution happened the moment the question arises. And yet we allow ourselves to acknowledge our experience, acknowledge our confusion, and commit that we are willing to take the next step forward, that we are willing and open to allow forgiveness to bring healing to us, to bring healing to all other beings that we are one with, that we are willing to open our hands and accept the experience of seeing our brothers and ourselves in the true light of holiness. And so we just surrender any thoughts that we need to do anything on our own, surrender any thoughts that we are anything other than perfect, whole, and complete, surrendering any 
judgments, and just being willing to allow forgiveness to see clearly, allowing forgiveness to come to us, to flow through us, to be as us. And so we extend the blessing to all, and we allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. I thank you so much for joining me here on Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly on Mondays. I'm here every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. Um, Sorry, excuse me. Um, As mentioned, I am the assistant minister here at the Community Miracle Center in San Francisco. We are broadcasting Sunday gathering at 11 a.m. Pacific to Eastern. Every Sunday, I believe Reverend Peter Graham is going to be the speaker this week. I don't know his topic yet, but I believe he will be the speaker. I was the speaker last week, um, and that will be going up on YouTube very shortly. Covered a lot of the same material we talked about today. Um, I'm just really feeling guided right now to focus on forgiveness. And so I did it Sunday, talked about it more today. You can always check out the website for the Community Miracle Center is miracles-course.org. It's www.miracles-course.org. And then my personal website is just kellyhallock.com. I have lots of blogs there. Um, Last month we talked a lot about how we relate with the body. I shared that I am a personal trainer um, and weight loss specialist with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So some of that's on there. There's times there's, you know, I'll I'll put a recipe up on there that maybe I'm really enjoying. Currently, I've had a thing for crepes. Um, I've come up with a high-protein version of crepes that I'm quite enjoying eating for my breakfast. Um, So everything from that's on there to blogs that I've written about the election and about prayer and how we relate to each other, as well as a lot of the audio and video recordings of talks I've done, either here on Pal Talk or as the, um, at the Community Miracle Center. And you can find a lot of those talks on iTunes. So if you just go on iTunes and look for my name, Kelly Halleck, you can actually sign up. And then the nice thing with iTunes is that if you are signed up with it, then you are um, notified automatically when those are updated. So it gives you an easy way of keeping up to date with everything if you're not always able to make it on Pal Talk. And then as I say, Reverend Tony, I saw was hopped into the room. He is here Friday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, for Festive Fridays. Um, He's the executive minister at the CMC, as well as Dove and Lynn. um, They work with One Mind Foundation. And that is a joint project, or actually ACN Gathers, a joint project between Community Miracle Center and the One Mind Foundation. And they're on here off and on all week. Um, Lynn is the amazing administrator who does all the recordings and plays them for you and manages the room and is really a huge, huge blessing for everything that she puts into it. And so we're really, really grateful for that. 
So it is 5 o'clock. I believe Lynn is going to probably put on recording next. I look forward to seeing all of you next week again for Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly here on ACIM Gather. And I say, I, as far as I know, I'll be doing the audio on Sunday. So maybe I'll see you at 11 Pacific to Eastern on Sunday for the Sunday Service Community Gathering. Lots of love and hugs to everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.